Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Josie, in our hallway of our home, has a portrait of our grandson, Mark. And with this verse engraved on the frame, yet when he's out at night, she worries. Anybody else been there? Is it an irrational fear? Well, let me quote you some stats. In November alone, last November, a few weeks ago, there were four homicides in Durham. And early in December, I mean, how deep is December? We've already had one. Brother Johnny Blake is not here. He picked up somebody to help him, to help him. And he got accosted and beaten by the person he was trying to help. We all saw him with his uh, blood eyes and his his, uh, black eye. So when Mark is out at night, Josie worries. You see, worry is a fact of life to a vast majority of people. It shouldn't be, but it is. Worry is part of the 21st century. There is so much uncertainty. There's North Korea. There's ISIS with its terrorism. Immorality in Congress, the highest place in the land, and we see, and there's been estimates as as many as 30% of our congressmen are involved in morality. We have the fluctuating stock market, unstable economy. We have road rage, inclement weather, climate change, and the list goes on and on. So I need to lean on that everlasting arm. So too much worry can lead us to serious health problems, from ulcers to heart attacks. However, on the lighter side, Mad Magazine, I don't know if you know about that. That was something where I grew up with. Its mascot is a portrait of this goofy little guy, Alfred E. Newman, with a caption, What, me worry? He has this goofy smile on him, like I said, and just to look at his picture, it just just makes me smile. It's funny. But worry is a fact of 21st century. Now, I'll ask you to to think about it. Where would you place yourself on the worry, on the scale of worry? With zero being, I'm not worried at all about nothing. Or 10 being, I'm totally freaked out. Just think about that for a moment. Where would you put yourself? Don't answer. Yeah, answer this. Are there any zeros in the house? I didn't think so. No zeros uh, on the scale, that is. Are there any worry warts in the house? That's a scale of seven or more. For those that don't know what a worry wart is, it's a person who worries excessively, a constantly apprehensive person. 
I found this humorous little story about a worrywart. Jack had been a compulsive worrier for years, to the point that it was ruining his life. He saw a psychologist who recommended a specialist who could help him. His friend Bob noticed a dramatic change and asked, Hey, what happened? Nothing seems to worry you anymore. Ah, oh, he replied, I hired a professional worrier, and I haven't had a worry since. His friend replied, that must be expensive. And Bob replied, yeah, he charges me $5,000 a month. $5,000 a month? How in the world could you afford to pay him? I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. That's his problem now. <laughs> but we all worry. Let's not do that, folks. But you do have to admit that there are things that can lead us to worry. I ran a search on the Internet <clears throat> on what people worry about. And here are some of the things that I found. Who do you think is at first? Money. Most people worry about money. They worry about their health. They worry about their weight. I, all you married men, here's a word of wisdom from, from an elder that's been through, the, through it. If your wife should ever ask you, Honey, does this dress make me look fat? Remember, if you happen to utter a survival law, look at 1 John 1, 9 that says, if you confess your sins, he's, he's faithful to forgive you. But this is my sidestep to that question. Honey, to me, you look beautiful in anything you wear. But remember, you, as you're saying this, keep moving toward the door and get out as soon as you utter it. Because she might press the issue. But did I ask you that if, well, anyway, evacuate. People also worry about their appearance. They worry about job security. They worry about being victimized by criminals. So we put up security cameras and alarm systems. We make sure all doors are locked. We buy dash cams, and some people even buy guns. I'm not going to ask some people. And a lot of people worry about growing old. I look in the mirror and says, where was that young buck that used, used to run around? Look, I see a gray-haired man looking at me in the mirror. That's not me. I went to get my badge uh, Read at, when I was working at Duke to get the picture retaken, and I told the guy, I'm sorry, you got the wrong guy on here. There's an old guy on here. <laughs> I'm sorry, the camera doesn't lie. But people do worry about getting old. I started reading a, a book by Max Lucado called Fearless, and I'm going to borrow some of the concepts that he discusses here tonight. He uses himself as an example of how far that worry can drive you. And I'm going to quote from his book. He said, I awoke at 4.30 a.m. today struggling with this chapter. It needs to be finished by 5 p.m. 
I pulled the pillow over my head and tried in vain to return to the blissful netherworld world of sleep that knows nothing about deadlines or completion date. But it was too late. The starter pistols had already been fired. An Olympic squad of synapses was racing in my brain, stirring up a wake of adrenaline. So I climbed out of bed, dressed, and slipped out of the house into the silent streets and drove to my office. I grumbled, first about the crowded calendar, next about my poor time management. I unlocked the door and turned on the computer, stared at the passage on the monitor, and smiled at the first verse, Jesus' definition of worry. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough. He read from the New Living Translation, Matthew 6.25. He goes on after a a couple of paragraphs. Suppose I had responded differently to the uninvited wake-up call. Rather than tackle the task, suppose I had curled up in a fetal position and bemoaned my pathetic state. The publisher expects too much. Every year there's another book. Every book complete with chapters. Why, not even Jesus could bear up under such stress. And whine, whine, whine. I'll never meet the deadline. When I don't, the editor staff will hate me and revoke my contract. Bookstores will learn about my best deadline and will burn Lucado books in their parking lots. My wife will be humiliated. My children will be ostracized. I think I'll have Jack Daniels for breakfast. Of course, he was joking, but he's making the point that his reasonable concern turns irrational. That's what worrying does for us. It's like a giant whirlpool. I don't know if you've seen these whirlpools in this river. Don't get caught in them because they take you round and round and keep you sucking in. And, and until deeper and deeper until they drown you. And usually when a person is in this state, usually what's missing is God. God could not be found anywhere in his thought process. We serve a God that loves us so much. There's nothing he won't do for his children. Absolutely nothing. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who finds, who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Hallelujah. When you are faced with a situation... What is your first move? Do you fret over it? Do you rely on your own resources and your own ingenuity? Why? 
Our Father which art in heaven inclines his ear when you reach out in prayer to him. He does. He is a good God that loves to give good gifts to his children. Let me give you an acronym that I got from Pastor Lucado that will help us that cycle to stop worrying. Enough already. Stop with the worrying. It is an acronym to the word peaceful. P-E-A-C-E-F-U-L. And I'll run through them quick because I, I prepared a short lesson because I want to do something at the end that would more like a practicum for us. Peaceful, P, is the first activity that you do is, should be pray. Prayer is not a last resort. My grandfather, my grandmother raised three, five grandchildren, I'm sorry. And she lined us up and there was a staircase me being the, the oldest one. Once a week she'd line us up and give us a tablespoon full of some of the nastiest stuff that I had ever put in my mouth. SSS tonic. Anybody ever heard of that? No? Good, you don't. It's like castor oil on steroids. And once a month, here again, she'd line us up. And this time it was with a bottle of Philips Milk of Magnesia. Anybody heard of that? Oh, finally. Finally we're connecting. And each dose of both SRS tonic, which was an iron supplement, came with a slice of lemon. Why did she do that? Why, why did she, did she want to torture us? In, in her thinking, it was to prevent disease. Oh, the worst part. At the first sign of problems, here comes Grandma with that red rubber water bottle. Okay, boy, touch your toes. If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask, ask me later. It was torture. But we survived and we love our grandma so because she did it with good intentions. So in the same manner, if we pray daily, we can stave off most of our anxieties. And the first sign of trouble if we pray is should be pray. First sign of as soon as you see it out in the horizon, start to pray. And we will find instant relief. Believe me, I've been there. Most of you know my history, known that I've been through some pretty trying times. And you know, prayer has always been my strength. What has seen me through. E means easy now, slow it down. Or as they say now, slow your roll. Psalms 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. One of the hardest things for me to do is to wait. From time to time, I have to pick up my granddaughter Isabel and give her a ride to school. 
And I always call her in, in advance and I tell her, be ready because you know grandpa does not wait well. And it's the same thing throughout. Many times in prayer, I am praying about a situation that I need help with. And then a thought comes to my mind. Oh, that's the solution. I spiritualize that thought and I immediately end the prayer with, Okay, thanks Lord for that thought. And I got it and off I'm going. No, don't be that guy. Wait. I can just imagine when I do that, God says, Okay, go. But once you identify the problem, take it to Jesus and then state it clearly. Clearly. I'll talk about that in a minute. A. Act on it. I like the analogy Max Lucado uses to demonstrate this point. To treat worries like mosquitoes. What would you do if a mosquito landed on your arm? Whack! You'd get right to it. You wouldn't put it off saying, well, maybe it won't bite me. I'll take care of him later. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to be scratching in a few. Uh, And I'm not at all contradicting what I said on E to wait. There are some issues that are best handled proactively before they become an issue. Um, P-E-A... C. Compile a worry list. By that I mean to evaluate. There are general areas you worry about, aren't they? Is it health? Or is it your reputation? Or whatever. Now you have a... uh, I'm sorry, I skipped uh, compile. Compile a worry list. When I I was learning the budget... The very first thing I had to do was to, to make a list of every penny I was spending. And I'd make a list, and I, and I did that for a month. And after a month, I could see my spending patterns. I didn't show it to Josie because I'm always preaching on her. Don't be spending money. She hates that term. She's giving me those looks right now. And when I could see, I was spending a lot of on, on eating out and, and I was doing and so I would see my, my spending patterns so then I could make better decisions on how to manage my money the same applies to your worries what are the things that are causing you anxiety you will soon see that most of these worries were much ado about nothing But once you have your list, you can move on to E, which is evaluate your worry list. By evaluate, I mean there are general areas that you you worry about. Like in my budgeting list, I could see that I was spending too much on eating out. Is it finances? Is it health? Is it your reputation? But whatever, now you have a specific list to bring before the Lord. If there's one thing I learned about prayer, like I said earlier, it's to be specific. I used to bring to the Lord what I call shotgun prayers. 
I have learned to be specific. Before it was like, oh, bless my son and his family, Lord, and I'd move on. Shotgun. Yes, I want them to be blessed, but more specifically now I pray, Lord, be with my son as he recovers from surgery. Restore his health to better than before. Let him find favor with his bosses as he transitions back to full strength. Help my daughter-in-law, Cheryl, ease her concerns about her husband's health and help her with her finances. If I do not know the issues, it would be a shotgun prayer. You have to get to the core of your worries. F. Focus on today. Remember the Lord's Prayer? He taught us to to pray for today. Give us this day our daily bread. For today. Not for our weekly bread. It was for daily provisions that we are to pray for. In Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us this principle. In verse 34 it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now Jesus is not telling us not to plan for tomorrow. He's telling us not to worry about tomorrow. There are some people that think that the Lord is coming soon, so they don't need to buy life insurance. They don't need to contribute to a retirement plan. Or worse, they don't have to worry about credit and their deadline. In fact, the book of Proverbs says quite the opposite. In Proverbs 6, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Seven, you unleash a prayer army. Connect with some prayer warriors and share your concerns. You find that most people of God are willing to help you to carry your burdens, to carry your burdens to the Lord in prayer. We have a squad of prayer warriors gathering here every Friday night. Frankly, I wish more people would come out to help us in prayer. There have been some Fridays. I know what you're facing when you don't come on Fridays. There have been some Fridays that I have just have to put one foot in front of another to get here. But you see, after an hour in prayer with my brothers and sisters, there's a pep in my step. There is just, I just feel elated. When I am with my brothers that are, I hear them crying out to the Lord and our cry goes out together, that encourages me. If you're not coming, won't you consider joining us here on Friday nights at 7? Now let me turn this the other way around. On the other side of the coin, if someone brings a concern to you for prayer, please keep it in confidence. Someone has trusted you with their personal concern. Please keep it confidential. 
I have seen it too many times. Someone will go to a, a third party. Oh, uh, please keep brother so-and-so in prayer. He is struggling with such and such. No, please don't do that. If that person wants to take it to someone else, let them do it. I have seen too many people hurt. Treat their request with care. You see, the Lord is going to hold you accountable. Number eight, L, let God be enough. Jesus teaches it in Matthew 6.33. For your heavenly Father knows what you need, all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I like the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says, Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, don't go overboard on this now. He promises to give you everything you need, not everything you want. And when he does, receive it with gratitude. Let me close with a quote from Max Lucado's book. And I quote, Seek first the kingdom of wealth, and you'll worry about every dollar. Seek first the kingdom of health, and you'll sweat about every blemish and bump. Seek first the kingdom of popularity, and you'll relive every conflict. Seek first the kingdom of security, and you'll jump at every crack of the twig. <clears throat> but seek first his kingdom, and you'll find it. And on that you can depend and never worry. I want us to end our time in a different manner. As I look around the room, everyone looks great. Everyone looks happy. But I know, I know in my heart that some are carrying a weight that they need to unload to God. So as Mark plays some soft prayer music, I want you to find someone to pray with that is not a family member. I, I want you to listen to their concern. Pray, pray specifically and take it privately afterwards to your prayer closet. An emphasis on privately. And next week when you see that person again, ask them for a praise report. That's faith. Mark, if you could, find somebody to pray with.